0: Welcome to- The last episode of season one. I know this probably feels super, you know, drawn out because we did say we were a monthly podcast, but you know, life happens. 2020 was a rough year, but still we rise as always. Um, I think, I don't know when I I know Chioma, I can speak for both of us when I say that we were so excited to bring you all this podcast this year. We have so much in store for next season, and it feels crazy to even say that we've already been working on it when season one isn't officially over. But it has been such a learning experience, such a fun season, I think, from beginning our conversations with Ashley and wrapping them up with our final guest, Nadeja.
1: So, yo... This season has been a roller coaster ride and Gail and I, we just work so well together. I'm so happy to have her as a co-host, co-founder. Um, we complement each other's strengths really well. Um, Gail is a perfectionist, cough cough. but <laughs> she, without her, like whatever amazing things on social media that you all see you would not be experiencing. she is she has a really great eye for creativity. Um, And I, I like to project manage. I like to make sure things get out the door. So with our powers combined, we are a power couple. Yep. We are the dream team. And we have so many women working behind us. We have Autumn. Um, we have Kim. We have Kamara. These women have been so instrumental in getting our episodes out there and efficient time and high quality cuz i know in the beginning you know we were struggling cuz Gail and i we were doing this all by ourselves but yes now we have a team standing beside us and um just uplifting us and yeah ultimately helping us get the best product out there to y'all so we are so so grateful
0: absolutely i think one of the big lessons that we've learned throughout this process is allowing people to help us. I know the very first episode, believe it or not, Chioma and I produced that one I, and I'm talking like the sounds specifically we engineered that and we had to learn this program in order to do it and it was whew, and that was a time. We were up it until works. like three am trying to put together that episode, even like working on some of the socials and things like i I just know that we have gotten stronger as we've worked together. On this season, and we've also expanded our reach by just thinking about the people who we know in our personal networks and their strong suits in order to help us really bring this podcast to life in the sense of what it can be. So really bringing it to its greatest point. And I think we even still are always getting better and have more room to grow. I know our last episode, we had almost everyone who is on our team now taking part in that um, and mm-hmm. so that was really exciting just to see the growth has been, oh, it makes my heart sing, you know? Oh my gosh. I want to cry. Like,
1: oh my gosh, we've done so much already and there's so much more to come. So I hope you all just, you know, keep with us, like the riders out there, um, the folks that are always in our DMs, sending us like, you know, just words of affirmation saying we're doing such a good job or even people like in our personal lives outside of work or outside of social media, um, always telling us, you know, we're doing such a great thing for women out there, black women. So we wanna continue doing that for
0: y'all and for us. Yeah. Enough about that. I think we should talk about maybe some of the reasons why we started this and like things that we've experienced and maybe just like other things that we've learned over the past six months, I think you know, being that it's December now, <laughs> I cannot believe we are at the, the end of 2020. It felt like in, I think at least for me, in about April, May, I was just like, wow, this year has felt so long. Oh. Because, <laughs> because it's like, <laughs> I look at the year as everything that happened before the first week of March. And then there was quarantine. And now we're here. I don't know. It, it, it's just such a long ass blur. It feels so weird. So. Right. Right. I honestly. About it.
1: Honestly. I remember. yeah, we were talking about how you had your last hurrah on your birthday going to Columbia. Mm-hmm. And I was God just like. God love me. Hey. God love me. Right. Yo. God, God loved really love everybody. You. But God really love me. Because <laughs> that was. Bro. Like, bro. I was like dang, I should have went with Gail on that trip. Like, I was trying to Let hold me tell out. something. There...
0: I invited a bunch Don't of people. Me. Everybody was like, oh, I I can't make it, you know. Okay, now look at you in the house. You, know, you didn't have to come that hard, Gail. <laughs> I you mean, didn't have to come that hard. I guess you could have went to Tulum, or you know.
1: But, <laughs> but, actually, Autumn, you and Autumn shared the same birthday month. And really? I was going to go to Puerto Rico with her. Because I believe she asked me first. or we planned that before? I'm not even sure. Um, So I was like, dang, I know I'm going to be broke if I go to both of y'all's birthday excursions. So unfortunately, you know, that's what happened. And then it got canceled. But, you know, Autumn, we're going to come back stronger than ever. We have to do a group like our narratives vacation.
0: That would be really fun. That would be so powerful. I I love a group trip. I love a trip, um, you know. But I was really grateful to be able to go on that vacation and come back safely. And the funny thing Mm -hmm. about it is I was having such a good time. And I was like, you know, should I extend this trip by a couple days? I am Mm -hmm. so glad I didn't do that. I would have been stuck in Cartagena. Uh, Not a bad place (laughs) to be stuck. But I I would have been stuck out there if I had stayed any longer. And so I'm grateful. I think even up until March 12th, please don't judge me, y'all. I had a birthday dinner on March 12th. You that, did. The last, that was, that was like the last time. One of the days, and my friend Jade, came, our friend Jade came from Atlanta <laughs> to see oh. as a surprise. And I remember being out that weekend and being like, mm, should I be in the house? I should probably be <coughs> in the house. And then I never left my house again after that weekend. So it was. Right.
1: And you know what's so funny too? Like, I was taking an Uber to the restaurant. And when I walked out, it was like a ghost land, like a ghost town in Philly. There was no one on the streets, but the restaurant was weirdly packed. I don't know, but it was like a different world. And now when I look back at it, we were just so naive as to like what this quarantine thing was going to be. Um, we're I was thinking in a month, I'll be good, like. I'll be able to go on my trips. I had a birthday trip planned to, um, I was going to go to Columbia as well, um, for my birthday in July, canceled, uh, what else was canceled? Concerts, canceled, um, even for Brianna's birthday, one of our mutual friends, we're supposed to go on this, um, trip to Girl Vegas, trip to Vegas. Canceled. canceled, like, so sad, so sad, but honestly, we're speaking from a place of privilege too, like, we're
0: alive, like, thank the Lord. And I, th- are alive. I think that's so important that you highlight that because even I find myself in moments thinking, oh, I was supposed to do this this year. I was supposed to do that. And then I think about the people that I know who have been so impacted on a personal level by mm-hmm. COVID. And I count my blessings when I tell you, I count my blessings because I've seen and known people who are close to me who have lost parents, grandparents, aunts, yeah. uncles, and I cannot even begin to imagine what that feels like, but I sympathize with those people so much because I'm, I always think it must be so hard to live in a world, especially when you're on social media and you have people saying like, Oh, like I was supposed to go on vacation and I didn't get to go on vacation when you won't be able to create new memories with certain people in your family anymore. Um... And I, I don't even Which is why I try to be really thoughtful and considerate whenever I, like, post any information around COVID. Because sometimes even talking about that is a trigger for people. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think this year, people have definitely learned to be way more conscious and thoughtful.
1: We are actually supposed to be doing our makeup right now. This episode was supposed to be, like, a get ready with me chill kind of thing. And we're not doing that. So for those of you who are listening to this recording in the future, we are actually live right now on Instagram. And if you all want to catch us on live in the future, please follow the Our Narratives Instagram. That was just a quick plug. Um, Okay, what's on the docket today to talk about? We wanted to do something different and kind of talk about why, what things kind of piss us off. in the world, why we created our narratives was because we wanted a platform where we could be authentic. Um, Because the business world is very restricting. There isn't much you can do if you have a complaint, um, except for go to HR, and sometimes they be ops. So, you know, we created this platform to speak openly and freely and allow other women to do the same, other Black women to do the same. So today, we're going to exemplify that and really talk honestly about things that have been bothering us in the workplace. Um, I don't know, girl, you want to kick it off or you want me to kick it off?
0: Well, you had said, um, you threw shade and said, we supposed to be doing our makeup and we not doing our makeup. So I started (laughs) doing my makeup. Um, Are you one of those people that can't talk at the same time as
1: when doing the makeup? I can't,
0: because normally, let me tell you this, and my close friends, Kamara, Kimberly, they will tell you, when I'm doing my makeup, it's because we're going out and I'm usually running late. So I'm like, uh-huh, hey, bro, I- I'm about five minutes away. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> trying to put my makeup on. Uh, thanks, Jade. Um, but yeah, so I'm like, usually trying to put my makeup on. And so I'm trying to keep my mouth shut so I can focus. But I'm going to try this, you know, this year has been all about learning. So I'm going to try to learn how to do this. Right. Um, it's
1: just a learning curve.
0: <laughs> so things that get me irritated in the workplace... Um, there are a lot of things. There are a lot of things.
1: (laughs) There are a lot of things. Um,
0: the first one that comes to mind would definitely be when there is a misuse of time. Now, let me be clear. Mm. Um, if there are, if you have a lot to talk about, I appreciate an agenda, number one, um, just so I can know what you want to talk about, because there are some things that can be dealt with over email. And then, of course, there are some things that you need to talk about. Um, But don't set up 30 minutes of time with me for something that you know you can't effectively discuss in 30 minutes. If that is not the case, set up an hour. And anything more than an hour is a working session. And if you set up a working session with me, I'm really going to ask you, what is it that we're working on? Do we really need to be collaborating on this? Or, like, you know, just really vetting what it is that you're asking for when you're asking for people's time. Because I think, especially in quarantine, people just feel like, because you don't have anywhere to go outside, that your time has just multiplied for them to take advantage of. And that is not the case. Um, So yeah, it really, it gets me annoyed when people don't respect my time by setting up meetings that don't need to happen.
1: Amen to that. Amen to that. If you see my Outlook calendar right now, you'll be so disgusted. (laughs) people just set up like 15 minute like touch points like to do what like what are we actually talking about why can't you just ping me on teams um on email it's really rude
0: Mm -hmm. yeah but I don't know I think too like when it comes to work this year especially like I've just seen so many Black businesses booming, especially Black women-owned businesses. And I just think to myself, okay, like, I can take all of these things from this, like, big corporation that I'm working at and think about how when I have my own thing, like, how can I make it better? Like, how can I run my own company efficiently? I think that's one of the things that has been something that's on my mind this year, especially.
1: Yeah. I feel that um, it has especially with COVID. I have been faced, and I feel like everyone has been faced with like their mortality, and just feeling like, why not now? Um, that's how I felt. You know, applying for my MBA program right now, which I'm currently doing, typing oh, up yeah. my essays Tell them and about that.
0: She almost getting her MBA.
1: Yeah, so I am pursuing my MBA fall twenty twenty one. Um, currently in the application process, in the thick of it. I actually joined MLT, which is a organization which aims to increase the number of Black and Brown folk um, in business and higher positions of power in different corporations, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I've been doing that. It's been very helpful. It's been very awesome to have a group of people, like minded individuals that are, you know, pursuing the same thing, because it's really hard to try to get a degree during this time. I'm sure folks um that are listening to this or not listening to this, whatever, that are currently in school can attest to that. Um some people do not care, some institutions do not care that we're in a global pandemic and maybe you know, people have lost lives or livelihoods. Um and they just want things to get done. And you know, schools when you're applying to school, that you are not exempt from that. People are still requiring test scores to be at the same level that they were like pre COVID. And that's very difficult. Okay. Like I live in South Philadelphia. It's allowed. I don't have a place to take this test from home. Um, but some people do, some people have large mansions where they just go to a section of their mansion and take a quiz or take a test And they're getting a 700 GMAT score. So (laughs) that's something that really is grinding my gears um, when it comes to work and like, or just school, whatever. Like, these institutions do not really, aren't empathetic of like our situations right now. We don't got money to be spending $200 taking a test. We don't got all that money. Some people can't afford their rent. Does that mean that they, can't or they shouldn't be allowed to be in these institutions to apply to these schools these programs they are probably more than capable so it's just sad y'all
0: it's sad that's something
1: that's really pissing me off
0: yeah and i think too it's like the idea that people can still like function in the same way as if things were totally normal is a common misconception especially but but at the same time, I'm like, if you are an institution or a person who never really considered the contributing factors that might impact someone's productivity or their livelihood or their mental health, their wellness overall, you're not that's that's not gonna be your first thought. You might just think, Oh, does this person are they able to pay? If they're still like pursuing this degree, they must be okay with all of the requirements that come with it. I think that's like a part of it too, where people think, okay, well, if you're still, you know, deciding to pursue your application for your MBA, you are automatically signing up for all of the stressors or, you know, components that come along with that um, and not really taking into account the true challenge that it might be, which is why I think so many schools should have waived some of their requirements, but that's just me because I'm not a fan of standardized testing. So, yeah. But you know what I did see a lot th- this year? Saw a lot of babies being, well, I didn't see the babies being made, but I definitely saw a lot of pregnancy posts. And that's something <laughs> that, like, <laughs> once we got into quarantine, I was like, oh, the girls are going to start having kids. Okay, cool. uh, And I definitely saw a lot more couples breaking up. Because I think you're spending more time with your significant other. And like us, we used to travel for work. And so you might not necessarily be used to seeing your significant other all the time. Or even if like y'all were long distance and you decided not to be long distance anymore in order to, you know, quarantine together. And then you realize, you know what? I really do not like the way that you chew. No, I'm kidding. I'm sure there were things that were more like serious when it came to time for people to like say, you know what, this situation is not working for me. But I definitely think when it comes to relationships, whether they be romantic or platonic, people definitely had the time to stop and really think like, is this relationship serving me? I believe that the people who you keep around you, that energy rubs off on you. And if you're constantly like at odds with someone, that, that, like, negative energy also impacts you as well. Even if you can't necessarily feel it, subconsciously it's impacting you.
1: Like, I went through a breakup during quarantine.
0: Oh, let's get into that one.
1: <sighs> oh, my God. It was so interesting. Honestly, it motivated me. Like, it motivated me in my professional life. I'm one of those people I hyper-focus on things. <laughs> Whether it is relationships, friendships, professional stuff. Like, my interests outside of those things, like, if I'm really vibing with something, I'm, like, zoomed in, like, scary, scary zoomed in. So when that was gone... I was like, yo, I'm about to start investing in myself. And that's yeah, when I decided to... to be
0: like, oh, I can't, I can't come. I got <laughs> to hang out with my boyfriend. Chill, oh, yo. My
1: boyfriend. You really dragging me, but I was really that girl. Like, <laughs> it's so embarrassing. It's embarrassing to really <laughs> state that. Like, I was really not chilling with my girls because my man wanted to come. And the thing is, it was like, I guess, quasi, what, long distance because. This individual lived in Jersey, and I lived in Philly, which was not far at all. But we couldn't see each other every day. Probably could if we wanted to, but we didn't um, because we have lives. So, um, yeah, when I did want to hang out, it was usually over the weekend. And unfortunately, I couldn't hang out with Gail or the other people in our little crew. But after that, I was just like, you know what? Let me focus on myself. Like, that's when our narrative started picking up because gail and i, I were like yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> are trash. But, no i was just i was like wow why am i like so hyper focused on just one aspect of my life i need to be able to balance not everything like at the same level but at least just be more I don't know, more equal with it, I guess. Like, my approach to my relationships outside of, like, my romantic relationships and my professional life. So, that's when I started investing in my pursuit of an MBA, because I was thinking about it for such a long time, and I was like, why not now? So, I did that. Um, I also went to therapy, y'all. Like, mm-hmm. yo, it was so necessary to go to therapy, like if you can, if you have the act, like if you if that's accessible to you, I recommend yeah. it.
0: Actually, while we're here on this, let me look this up. There's this platform called Open. Hmm. You know what? Let me not butcher the name. But ba- essentially, I'm gonna, I'm looking up the platform name for you all right now. But it you're allowed to search for a therapist based on your needs, based on your location. I guess that's not super important right now because you can do it virtually. Um, But you can pay what you can. So I think you just state what you can afford. Um, And then they essentially pair you with a therapist who could be super helpful and beneficial to you. So the platform is called Open Path Collective Um, Psychotherapy. It's a psychotherapy collective. Um, And basically, the platform runs according to people's financial need or hardship. They'll always be able to pair you with someone in their network who is able to support you. And you can also get a lifetime membership. So, you know, I always say vet things like this. But, um, yeah, just if that is something that is a barrier for you, take a look at options like this. Open path collective.
1: That's awesome. Good shout out. Um, cause I, I was recommending therapy for a lot of my girlfriends and, you know, I'm fortunate to have healthcare still under my mom (laughs) and also through my job if I so choose. But a lot of people I know do not have that. Um, so that's a really good resource, y'all. Um, please, please, please do whatever you need to do to get your mind right during this time. Cause my spirit was really attacked, y'all. Not even because of the breakup though, just because of just life in general. Like like I said, my mortality was I was really faced with my mortality this time around. I did not want to limit myself. So I wanted to try. Yeah. And I did, and I'm doing well. I'm happy about that.
0: I found a therapist that I really wanted to see. She was two seventy five an hour. So I just decided to keep praying. So I haven't booked her. But <laughs> But I will I will in a couple of months, you know, I have some financial goals that I'd like to hit first, but I'm going to get that therapist because I feel like your mental health is something you should definitely invest in. And I'm always the first person that's like, Oh my gosh, my elbow hurt. Let me find an elbow specialist real quick. Mm. See see what they need to tell me. Or I know my friend Chardonnay, I'll like message her. She's in medical school. She's going to be my doctor and my kid's doctor one day. Shout out to her. I'm like Chardonnay. These are my symptoms. This is what Mayo Clinic is telling me. This is what WebMD is telling me. What are we not WebMD. Yes, because (laughs) one thing about me, I am going to look up whatever it is that I'm feeling. And I know you are not supposed to do that, but I do it anyway. Honestly, that's the only
1: way sometimes that folks can really know what's going on with their bodies.
0: I'm Googling
1: it because, like you said, some of these appointments are expensive, like copay. The if you don't got insurance, how much you got to pay out of pocket? It's thievery. So yeah, I'm going on WebMD to figure out that some home remedies. I got to, you know, boil some I garlic, you know garlic or something. What do Please. I got to do?
0: Please, not the orange peel and the garlic. Up, uh, uh, yep, but no, because
1: my mom, like I said, she a nurse and she been doing that. And I mean, not saying that that's how you get rid of COVID, but she's been saying it's been helping her, especially with her um congestion. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts, so mm-hmm. don't sleep on that garlic peel oh, orange peel I don't know <laughs> <laughs> whatever that is, don't sleep on it um what else? What else do you piss me off? um ooh, can we talk about inclusion and diversity in the workplace nowadays?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I know it might grind it might you know
0: the most profitable h uh- r strategy. The most profitable
1: HR strategy, when I tell you the amount of like,
0: oh my gosh, we're going to increase our leadership of color. It was ridiculous. (laughs) Let me not. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, I think there are definitely people who are, you know, who really have dedicated their careers to making sure that there are certain, you know, spaces and industries that are truly diverse and then taking it a step further and making sure those places are actually inclusive because it's one thing to, you know, have your, you know, undisclosed quota that you are trying to fill, whether it's for Black or African American women or Latina women or a certain percentage of uh, uh Indigenous people or, you know, even Pacific Islanders, whatever the case may be, it's all well, in, you know, I, I don't, really subscribe to those practices but i know there are organizations out there that do that type of you know thing and have those benchmarks that they need to hit in order for them to feel as though we are doing our part Um, but once you get those people in the door how do you treat them how do you equip your workforce to make sure that they're feeling included and empowered to you know really thrive in that space Um, and i think a lot of companies miss the mark when it comes to inclusion. Um, and then you have people who tote around the terminology of diversity and inclusion and things that surround, you know, identifying your conscious or unconscious bias, however you want to identify that. Um, but they, they never, tr- those, those practices and, you know, online trainings that they might do never really feel like enough as a then that's just my perspective as a black woman um and then but the thing about it that really gets me is when you have I know most like large companies they have their affinity groups I mean and they're not really affinity groups let me be clear so like I know at our company there is an African-American employee resource group and I know A lot of big companies have that type of thing, but you don't necessarily have to be black or African-American to join. And then you have these groups help your diversity and inclusion efforts by like creating a task force to engage with community members or you know, recruit new talent or work with existing leadership to see how we can make it so that we're not only seeing an array of colors on the junior levels, like you're also seeing it throughout leadership. But you're not paying those people any extra for that. There is no diversity and inclusion bonus. There is no, no I supported this overarching initiative for the company bonus. Like, there is none of that. So if it is not equating to dollars, you can leave me out of it, honey. You can leave me right on out of it because I I don't – I'm and I'm not saying that in order to help others I need to be compensated. But if you are a corporation and you're looking to – improve your diversity and inclusion efforts in order to ultimately impact your earning potential, then I need to be compensated. And I need to be compensated fairly because I do not work in HR. And if that is the case, actually, don't compensate me because I didn't go to school and study that. There are people who have gotten their PhDs and dedicated their lives to doing that work and they should be paid for that. There are organizations that do the research, that have done their homework hire them.
1: And that's the thing. They want free labor from the black and brown folks that are in their corporation, you know, without even giving them the necessary props too. Like there are so many times some of these companies they host these events and you know, the face of the event is their CEO, which is usually a white person. But the black and brown people, usually black women, that be putting forth You know, the effort and organizing everything, they're usually not shown in the forefront. They're not compensated, like Gail said. They're not even given their props or their flowers. So it's just, it's just all around a mess. Like inclusion and diversity sometimes, you know, just, I don't know, the words alone just shudder me. Like I get chills down my spine because I know it's a farce a lot of the times, they're just doing it to save face um but not saying that you know these groups that are these companies i'm so so happy that i'm a member of the african-american employee resource group at work it has changed my career like i don't know in such a meaningful way because i was able to meet and link up with black women and other black people that's how i met gail
0: you know That, that is not how you met me that, that is not meet? how you met me. How did we Let's be very clear. That is not how you met me. How'd you, how'd you meet me? We, okay. we met at a event. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, no, exactly. No, that is not how you met me. You meet okay. me? Okay. So let me tell y'all how I met Yoma. Oh, my God. So, me and Jade, shout outs to Jade. Um,
1: out to
0: we got to bring Jade on the show one day because I feel like we say her name a lot. Or, we I, shout maybe. her out. I, okay. So, Jade and I were leaving the office. And I saw Chioma from behind, and I noticed her hair was slicked so nicely into this large, beautiful, (laughs) bountiful ponytail. And I was like, oh, my goodness, who did your hair? And she was like, oh, I did it myself. And I was like, okay, we're going to be friends. (laughs) And then, you know. I've yet to do anyone's hair, by the way. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, she has not. And then the rest was history. We walked to that event that the AAERG was hosting, and then I think we also went to a pride event for the holidays. And you know, we did some nice top shelf shots. Um, and we were friends after that. Well,
1: we met going we met. to the event, okay? But whatever, uh,
0: whatever you want to call it. Like, right. We had fun though, we did karaoke. It was yeah, really that was cute. really fun. We were rapping dreams and nightmares with the leadership. That, that, and I will say. That is one of the reasons why I was super grateful for my experience um, with the employee resource group because I think it allowed me to meet so many people. And I, I hope what I said before wasn't mistaken as like, oh, I don't fuck with it, but because I, I do. Um, like I, I think I actually helped plan that karaoke event. Me and you my did, three. yeah. Um, but I think I remember seeing one of the MDS. So that's a managing director. I remember seeing him sitting in the corner and he was bumping to that meek. And then he was, it it was just, it was a nice experience because you really see people be their authentic selves when they're in those spaces. And it's not like a, I have to, you know, conform or code switch for anyone. And I think that's why I appreciate those spaces so much. My only point is that if you are going to call on people from those spaces, to get you out of a PR nightmare, so to speak, when companies are being called and held to the fire to announce their diversity stats and you know yours are in the gutter and you're gonna call on those people to kind of help assuage the folks that are within your corporation and then get the folks who might be looking to work there to say, okay, it's not that bad. Here are all the things that you can do here. You need to be compensating those people, whether it's through promotion, raises, bonuses, whatever, they need to be compensated. That's that's just my main condition on I it.
1: I agree. Compensate those that put in the work and elevate your company to the diverse status whatever that y'all claim it is in magazines and in society in general.
0: But you know what's funny? Very very funny. So a lot of people might not know this, but when we started our narratives, we wanted it to be within our company. We did. And we we can, but we will flesh out and, and share the ins and outs of that story at another time. But we really, you know, being that we're both consultants, we lead our decisions with data right so everything is data driven so we wanted to know what is what are we really looking at in order to know who we can help so we wanted to know how what is the percentage of black and african-american women within the company um and we were told we needed to expand our scope and it needed to be inclusive of all women of color all right cool we asked for those numbers we asked for that data about a year and a half ago where
1: was it where was the data
0: and (laughs) we were told oh we can share that we followed up we didn't get it right protests start happening everybody's in the house during quarantine about a year and a half later companies are being asked to show their numbers the numbers suddenly appear and (laughs) if you ask me i would love to see how the numbers are put together but that's again another story um but the data appeared and to no surprise the numbers were not great so it's like you had people within your organization come to you and say let we we know that there's a problem let's try to fix this and you didn't give us the tools that we needed to help you or help ourselves but again it's all about perception (laughs) when companies Mm -hmm. are being called out That's when everybody went Oh, oh, it's happening. It's happening. Like that scene in the office, it's happening. Right. You want to get the data. You want to, you want to show it. You want to say, okay, by 2025, we're going to do this. Right. Like we have to think about the motivations for our North stars. Yeah. We have to think about our wants. And I'm not, I'm not talking about corporations. Like I'm talking about us as people like for anything that you are setting out to do or accomplish, like what are are the intentions behind it? Those are some of the things that I definitely took away from this year is that you have to lead with intention. You have to lead with integrity and purpose because if you're just reacting to current events, you're not gonna have a sustainable impact or change.
1: You have to be proactive and not reactive. And I feel like a lot of companies do not want to be proactive at all because ultimately those that are in charge, those that make the big bucks, they do not want to give, you know, they don't want to give us any piece of the pie any piece of power or whatever that they have because at the end of the day that hurts their pockets and money in a capitalist system in a capitalistic system that we are in drives all of these inclusion and diversity initiatives no matter if people want to claim that it is out of the kindness of their hearts and it's in their morals to do so hmm, their voting proves otherwise And their actions in their companies also proved otherwise. So the way that corporate America operates, we decided we just need to take our ideas elsewhere and invest in ourselves and really take a risk. Um, It's a risk doing this on our own. Um, It costs a lot of money (laughs) and resources and time. Um, But I think we're doing well, and honestly, I'm so happy that, you know, Gail came up with that idea to, like, take this externally, because if not, we would have been really scared to talk authentically, because obviously that's where we get a lot of our money, all our money if that. Um ultimately
0: too, you got to protect your intellectual property, right? You have to. Because if you leave a you create something that is intended to serve people and you leave a company, what is going to happen to it? Is it going to dry up like a raisin or are mm-hmm. they going to continue to nurture that thing that you created? And if mm-hmm. they continue to nurture that thing, what role do you play in making sure you're reaping the benefits and rewards that might come from wherever they choose to take it? So I was like, yeah, you know what? Just like that um Annalise Keating gif. Yeah. After, after we couldn't get the data we needed, cool. I'm getting my bag. Actually, it was more like LeBron walking out of the press conference. I'm right. done <laughs> I'm done speaking with you all. I'm getting my things and me and my short suit, we are leaving. Now,
1: we That's gone. It. we gone. And we did just that. Especially during quarantine, ain't nobody watching us, ain't nobody checking for us, so we took our services elsewhere, and it's okay. I want to transition into that conversation we're having earlier, Gail. I think everyone would benefit from listening. What? So,
0: what were we talk about? The idea about? of like not all skin hitting. folk.
1: I know the, not all skin folk are kin folk, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And how during this time there has been an uptick of performative activism (laughs) from people that look like me and work in a similar position or are in a similar position co-opting the traumas and the struggles of less privileged black people black women for their own capitalistic gain and i say i don't say that lightly but i've seen it happen a lot like people will say these things are happening to for example the shooting of george floyd and brianna taylor killing of brianna taylor like people have been going into meetings discussing this but not to you know take resources from this com- these companies and help those members in the community that are actually facing these issues but to you know get a promotion by ta- talking about this thing people start, the white Folk will start feeling bad for me and give me a promotion. You, yeah, know,
0: what do you, think
1: about
0: that? you know, it's funny. Uh, this is something that Kamara and I, so Kamara is one of my best friends. I've known her for almost my entire life. Um, it's really funny because, yes, we have like our everyday people who, you know, they do their performative compassion, activism, allyship, whatever you want to call it. And this is not just like non-Black people. This Black people be doing it too. And I really feel like some actors, they were giving us their audition reel. They're trying to be the Mm -hmm. next Martin Luther King in whatever movie or or, or if there's a movie on Ferguson or a movie on the George Floyd reaction, like they really want to be the star that's booked in it so that they Mm -hmm. can get their little Oscar off. There were so many actors out here at the protest giving speeches and I'm like, girl, you are not an organizer you did not you... do this work and i'm not oh. even i'm not and when i say girl I'm, I'm talking about everybody i'm not talking about black women who are actors i'm talking about black men let's be clear i'm talking what about, black, talking men about because black men like... they were out there protesting and giving these large you know speaking to these large crowds giving these long-winded speeches and you know some of them really cued the theatrics with the tears mm-hmm. and it was really the tears for me It was the the scary for me. I was just like, wow. who?" And then I would just see so many people liking it and like, yes, this is real. And I'm like, okay.
1: But let's talk about how... um... Wait
0: wait a minute. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Because, you know, let's let's really get into it. Because did you save anyone's life with that? No. Did you free somebody from prison? No. No. Because if you really want to talk about the activism and people actually doing the work, Say what you want, but Miss Kimberly Kardashian West, she's getting the she's getting people out of jail, prison, getting people off death row. Ooh. She's bringing light to issues that there. really need attention in this country. Actually, yeah. man, when you think yeah. about and and I, you know, God rest his soul, I do not want to um missay his name, but when you think about Brandon Bernard, right? Mm-hmm. Black man on death row killed by execution in the United States in December of 2020. That should not be a thing. No. And more people need to speak about that because, yes, we are being executed every day. If you really look at it on a micro level, but on the macro, that is still not okay. That still requires our attention. And you have folks like her who are doing the work and speaking about it. And 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 I'm behind that more than I am somebody going out in the streets and, you know, crying and having their video being put on social media.
1: And that's the thing. It's so much like we need grassroots mobilization. We need a grassroots movement in order to really make a change and make a difference in the lives of everyday people. We need to reach out to folks that really do not have access. Listen to their stories. Why are you talking on somebody's behalf? You don't know nothing about them. Have you ever gone to somebody that resembles a Brianna Taylor and really listen to them, talk to them, or do you dismiss them? Like, because, oh, you know, they're not of the same class or whatever.
0: On that. It's, it's just that so note. much performative, like, activism. On that note, mm, you really got me started now because protect black women. I'm going to say it again. Protect black women. Now, that statement, uh, 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 I'm not saying it as a yes, protect black women. Of course, yes, we would like to be protected. <laughs> but beyond that, can you honor me? Can you respect me? Can you treat me as your equal? I'm so tired of hearing people say protect black women. And, they and mean, which black I mean. women? And you're talking about protect protect the black women that I find attractive. That's really what you mean. Protect black women you're that you want to smash. Like you're Very not, you're not talking about every black woman. Because if you say protect black women, does that include trans women?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk about um, it.
0: So I'm just like I'm. I'm done with the slogans. I really am. It's irky to me. It's disrespectful to me. Actually, when I know you personally, in some cases, like, and or I have known a version of you because you know maybe people change and evolve. And that was never in your, you know, repertoire before. It To me, it's just, it's unnecessary. If you don't actually feel that way, um, then you just don't need to speak.
1: Right. These little black squares y'all posting.
0: Oh gosh. Y'all, don't even get
1: me started with the black square, but I'm just saying like, there's so much more that can be done outside of the internet. And I'm not say, I'm not trying to be a holier than thou. I do so much. Like, I'm Martin the fucking king. No, I'm not. But I know the difference between when I mean what I say and I my actions reflect what I say versus me just talking the talk because it's the, you know, it's the flavor of the day. No, no, that's not right.
0: I just think we need to be critical of celebrities that are out here trying to be the champions for the cause. Because once you start putting, yeah. you know, your social and arguably political welfare in the hands of celebrities, that we're in a dangerous place. We're in a very dangerous place. because. Very dangerous. Again, as I was even speaking about corporations compensating people, there are people who are actually organizers who have, who have done the work. You have people who have dedicated their lives to this. But you're turning to someone who has 500,000 followers on a certain social media platform because you want to know what they think. Why? Because they have followers. You don't even know if they bought those followers, girl. You don't know if mm-hmm. they bought, like, it, it, to me, it just doesn't make any sense. And it feels, it, feels, it makes it feel very trendy. Who, like, who really cares what this actor or actress has to say if they have not done the work, if they don't have the knowledge and the skill set? They mm-hmm. should not be the one that's at the forefront of that conversation. It should be someone else.
1: You got to be able to listen, and I think that's what celebrities need to do. You're not free from the guillotine either, just because you're black. Mm-hmm. You're not free from the capitalism <laughs> guillotine, okay? Because hmm, let's uh, get into t- talking t- about rich black people. Let's talk about rich black people. Oh, oh actually, my <laughs> gosh, yo, talking about should I buy an eighty-eight thousand dollar bag? Uh-huh. During, um,
0: during a global pandemic where people dying there. from T.A. rent Hey, yo. There was this tweet, and it was like... <laughs> so are you familiar with, like, Jack and Jill? Like, that whole... Yeah. I, okay so... Yeah, that was,
1: like, my entire suburban neighborhood.
0: <laughs> so there was this tweet, and it was like, we should start a Hansel and Gretel. Requirements include your mama had to have a white refrigerator. You gotta have... <laughs> Oh my God. Hansel and Gretel. I, when I tell you I was weak. Um, But um, yeah, I just think... Whew, mm. All right, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Say it. I'm not, you know, I'm just going to... So I'm going to err on the side of caution, but, you know, celebrities wearing, like, $100,000 worth of clothes mm. and telling me that I need to go and vote doesn't really move me like I, I again, and like but people listen to celebrities in this day and age, but when we think about like your you know regular, affluent black person, but I do think that you have to be thoughtful about what you're putting out there, right mm-hmm. just because you can't afford to buy an eighty eight thousand dollar bag, or if you know. You have everyone from Balmont to, you know, top fashion house designers sending you things. You don't always have to post it. Sometimes, no. like, you know, the wise, well, I can't even quote you no more because you done supported that person whose name I will not say on this show. Uh, but, <laughs> I, on just, I just think you have to be thoughtful about the ways that you engage with people. And it, and it goes back to what I was saying in the very beginning. It's just like, I don't know if this is just an American thing or, you know, what do you find this in other cultures, but, like, the idea of just flaunting what you have and not thinking about the fact that your neighbor might not have anything.
1: Oh, no, that's, oh, girl, that's not America. This like, is just, I, I don't know if it's white like supremacy or just human nature, but this is rampant in Nigeria.
0: I I just think I like me personally, I'm not posting every like and I think tr- tr- because social media is such a highlights reel, like people just want to show off their wins, show off their wins, show off their wins. And there are people who might not be sharing anything because they just don't really feel like sharing or they don't have anything to share or because they're not having a winning moment. Yeah. Um and so I just think it's unfortunate when, you know, people are constantly going that route or flaunting all that they have, especially in a time when people have lost their jobs and things that contribute towards their livelihood.
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: And they're like,
1: honestly, I'm going to call out Meek Mill because he a black man. And you know what? We just doing whatever. So... um. Meek Mill went to the hood, seeing little boys, poor children. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I don't know their status. But if they're selling water on the street, I'm assuming they need money. So, and they need it desperately. Um, So, pretty much, Meek Mill was out here seeing, like, a group of eight boys selling water and decided $20 was enough to give them while All right, let riding in it. his Rolls Royce. I don't, I don't prescribe to
0: that. I don't. All right. Now, yeah, you agree? Hey. I'm not the, I do not agree. Hey, but I did also see footage of those water boys. And my line sister lives in Atlanta. Right. And she told me they'd be jumping on your car. I saw, I saw the videos of their jump of them jumping on people's cars. You know, really? kind of bullying you for money. And let me tell you this. I don't Ooh. care if I've got $5 or $5 billion. Do not jump on my vehicle. Okay. Do not jump on my vehicle. But well, we didn't see that. No. We, didn't <laughs> we didn't see, see that. that. <laughs> but do not jump on my vehicle, okay? We didn't um, see them there. He could have given them more than that, yes. Not debating that at all. But at the same time, I think... I'm not as concerned with holding me to the fire for that. Instead of you giving the water, boys, let's say, if it, would we have felt better if he gave them each $500? Yeah, I would. What is $500 going to do for you two months from now? if you're Maybe in you go pay their rent so they could have a roof over their head. Who rent is $500? Some
1: people rent in the hood. I'm Maybe. paying 565 I put out my rent out there, y'all. So,
0: How many people you live with? Three exactly <laughs> right and so you we don't know what their status is okay let's say the rent gets paid for a month what next like if we really want to hold meek to the fire have him create a non-profit it's a tax write-off for him that helps boys you know call it water boys whatever you want to call it like that water helps boys. them to not have to do that anymore um and, and the thing is i i
1: 100% get what you mean
0: and not I I, that
1: situation, right? I think both of our perspectives are truthful, they hold truth, but why post it? Yes. what is that doing for you why did you post it, it? like How there's want to
0: post something oh I exactly. shit, look at me like I just I don't get it like I don't
1: exactly get it. and they'd be mad as hell like oh you know y'all want celebrities to do this that and the third for you and blah 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 I'm like yo y'all putting it out there I'm gonna comment on it because it's on the interwebs like and you're yeah. a celebrity like if yeah. if me gave th- these people $20 and drove drove away and never recorded nobody it, it, it nobody would know And we wouldn't even be having this conversation. But that's
0: the thing. Like, there's no thought behind it. Like, and again, I need to know who... Do celebrities have PR teams anymore? Genuine question. Because, um, (laughs) what? Like, there's so many things that happen and I'm like, okay, do you have PR or do you just not give a fuck about your PR team? Like,
1: I think they just don't care at some point because they start doubling down that whole... I'm not going to say her name. I don't know. Whatever. I'm not going to say her name. When this woman was talking about EBT needs to be restricted to only health, healthy foods.
0: Clearly, Girl. you've never been on EBT.
1: Girl, what are you talking about? EB- you have no idea. What, I mean, maybe you do. Maybe Again, you do, but it's like celebrities
0: but, having these platforms and misusing them to speak about shit. That misusing no it. About. Like,
1: there's so much that you could do. If you were so concerned about EBT, get a government official that is, you know, that is knowledgeable about the welfare system to speak on it and like different or nutritionists to talk to people. Like, not everything has to be a hot take. And I think that's what's really affecting
0: our social media. But it media. has to be a hot take in order for you to get reposted
1: on in order for popular re-posted. blogs
0: and for people to know that you're still relevant. Exactly.
1: Like, why is relevancy such a, a huge, it pays, the huge thing. It like... pays the
0: bills. for some celebrities. You know, listen, let me tell you something. But some the people even. Like... The people who were very loud in this pandemic and who was doing shows and all of that, clearly they weren't saving their pre COVID money. Because you're doing all of this dancing to get a check, whether it's from a blog or an interview, and usually don't even get paid for stuff like that. But if you were doing shows, In a pandemic, I'm thinking you have no money. You have no money. Like, and you would have no regard for your fans. Let them die. Let the girls die and let me get my my check for my appearance in the club or for my show. Like, some of these fitness people, too. Some of these
1: fitness gurus on Instagram, YouTube, whatever, they're talking, they're promoting going to the gym, talking about always safe, blah, 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 because it's their livelihood. Bruh, you got to find a way to be more agile and flexible with your business. Like... If this pandemic has shown anything and just underscored the fact that you have to have a plan B, and most people's plan B is just to act, I mean, plan A is to to act inflammatory on social media to get, you know, more views, more money, whatever. Mm -hmm. That can't be your only, like, base of income. That can't be your only, quote-unquote, talent. It's impossible to be sustainable unless you really want to drag yourself through the mud Or drag people that look like you through the mud. Like, a lot of times, they're not even affected by the things that they say. It's us. It's the regular Black folk that be moving throughout the world, like, that are affected. Because you have people at work talking about, oh, you think the same thing as this person, right? Because they're a predominant Black figure. No, I don't. (laughs) So stop speaking on behalf of Black people. Like, it's just a mess.
0: It really is. Um, But I'm, again, just grateful to be here, you know? let's ride I'm really, happy, really happy to still you know be here in the physical form mm-hmm. on the lord's earth because it has definitely been a rough year um in a lot of ways for a lot of people and i think just going into the new year i don't have any expectations I just would like to, you know, there are things that I have for myself that I'd like to be more dedicated to, but, you know, I have no expectations on the world or the year because I think since January 26th of this year, when, you know, I will never forget that day when Kobe passed and his daughter, Mm. I just, I was just like, okay, wow. Let me go ahead and uh you know that seatbelt on the the roller coasters that goes over your head? I was like, let me go ahead and put Buckle that
1: up. on. Buckle because
0: up. um so I don't have any expectations for the new year. I just I continue to pray and hope that I my family is safe and healthy and that I'm safe and healthy and that's that's really it. That's all you can do, I think.
1: Yeah. I think we've kind of been gaslighted I guess is that the word to think that everything that we do or you know everything is under our control and we can you know move about life if we just manifest and you know not saying those things aren't important or real we should always strive for things and have goals in our mind but some things are out of our control and we just got to be able to roll with the punches but still be decent human beings like that's what it comes down to. You got to really try to be a good person. Well, I've been trying to be a better person during this time. And in 2021, I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to challenge myself to do things that I normally would not be comfortable with doing. Mm -hmm. So that for me, during quarantine, this time around in 2020, was just talking to more people and listening more. and just being more vulnerable with my friends and family because like I said faced with our mortality I didn't know who I was going to be seeing in the next year so mm. just opening up to them um and then for 2021 the one goal I really have is just to make find things that make me happy and pursue them relentlessly so mm. that's what I've been doing with our narratives that's what I've been doing with pivoting my career, getting an MBA. Um, and that's what I've been just doing with like my normal life. Things that make me really happy. I love baking. I love cooking. So I've been doing a lot of that. I love food and food blogging. So doing that as well, watching a lot of anime, playing a lot of video games because those things make me happy. I'm not gonna be out here flexing for people like I haven't been posting on Instagram Gail knows she would be yelling at me to get on Instagram I don't be on here because it doesn't make me happy doesn't serve me but I mean things like this make it worthwhile like going back on social media because you know you can this is what it's made for for you to interact with people that care about you and care about your livelihood, you know, outside of this. Like, they don't care that you got a million dollars or zero dollars. They just want to make sure you're good and check on you. So, I'm, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do for 2020. Just pursue things relentlessly that make me happy. And I hope that you all could do the same. So,
0: Agreed. Agreed. I think that was beautifully said. Thanks. Here,
1: here. Cheers. Cheers to that. Cheers. Oh, also one thing I've been doing, I've been really riding my bike a lot. I've been going everywhere with my yeah, bike in the state. fitness. I got a little basket behind it so I can um well, I don't
0: you got your little basket. I got a little basket.
1: I'm gonna have to I have to send you a picture. And I put my groceries in it. Um, just being better for, to my body mm-hmm. and to the environment, I guess.
0: Yeah. I need to be better to my body. You have I any fitness to. goals? No, (laughs) I just want to be okay. So here's my thing. I there's this real estate guy out of New York that I know through one of my parents. And he recently like over the past like year and a half, he's lost a lot of weight. And I was watching his live one day and he was talking about his weight loss journey. And he said that, he just said that he was thinking about his habits and like the unhealthy practices that he had. And he told himself, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything.
1: Wow. And I
0: thought about that and I was like, hmm, that is so true. So if you ever find yourself being someone that like has great ideas and you start them, but you don't finish them or someone who may, who might hoard their ideas or when it comes to just speaking about how you feel, you might not be confrontational or you might not share how you really feel in a work scenario or even like with your friends or your partner, whoever. And so it's like those, those actions and mentalities, they translate in whatever it is that you do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, damn, how you do one thing is really how you do everything. And then I started to examine the things that I do and like my behaviors, my practices, all of that. Um, And so I told myself, I'm not going to necessarily just say, okay, I want to be more fit or I want to do this, or I want to do that. I'm going to create overarching goals. Kind of like a north star I was talking about earlier like what are things that I want to work on? Okay, determine those things. But then what is it that has prevented me from accomplishing those things? And for me, oftentimes I find that it's consistency and discipline. Um and so I really just want to make sure in this next year and I'm even working on it now is to just be consistent and disciplined in whatever it is that I do. So if it's my fitness, I got to be disciplined and say, okay, I'm working out in the mornings. Or if it's with saving money, like I'm saving a certain amount of money over a certain period of time. So that's a consistent thing, right? Um, If it's that I'm going to spend more time with certain people or spend less time on certain activities, like that's a discipline thing and I got to be consistent with that, right? Um, So for me, my things are really just discipline and consistency. And those are two things or the main two things that I was leading with, leading 2020 with, Um, and it definitely had its like ebbs and flows where I was just like, fuck this. We're in a pandemic. I'm tired. I'm going to binge watch this show and not. I'm going to go lay down. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but then I definitely think there were moments where I was like, yo, I'm leaving. I am leaving no money on the table. I'm taking everything. I'm doing everything in my power to accomplish what it is that I want to accomplish. And that's that discipline. That's that grind. Um. And so I think going into 2021, I'm just leading with that. So, to long windedly answer your question, I will be working on my fitness. I need to be more disciplined and consistent with that. Um, know. Here, here. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> to people in the chat are saying we look cute. Oh, oh, oh they we are. We're trying to get cute. Um. Mm. Yeah, yeah it's it's hard man it's really hard to be at the gym you know i was a gym head for a very long mm-hmm. time um for two oh my years gosh,
0: we went to the gym together this year did we that was this year that's scary that was this year i can't and we were talking about going to vegas and that's why we had been in the gym
1: we were talking that had to about have been to like vegas.
0: february
1: yeah yeah <laughs> Oh my gosh! It was February because I remember you wanted to go. You were going to Columbia. You're like, oh, I want to be snatched and blah blah blah. Yeah. And I, I the thing crazy. is, the gym really gave me a good outlet um, for my frustrations because I've always been an athlete. Um, mm-hmm. I've always been on varsity teams. All blah, blah, blah. Even in college, I was an athlete. But you know, getting out of that habit was or that routine was very difficult so or not difficult it was it was easy to get out of that routine let me not say that it's very easy to get out of that fitness routine and getting back in it was difficult but in my past relationship we both motivated uh, each other to go to the gym Mm -hmm. um I don't know if that fell off because I wasn't in a relationship or because of quarantine Mm -hmm. but I want to pick that back up too I want to be more fit um I just can't go back to the gym. I don't trust it enough, <clears throat> especially the ones in South Philly. No shade to y'all, but y'all dirty. So,
0: <laughs> no shade, but. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I think just before we wrap up, what is one thing that you are really looking forward to in this next season of our narratives? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm. One thing. Okay, one thing. Just one thing.
1: <laughs> I'm looking forward to really building out this platform with a team.
0: Why you stole my thing? And- that was my thing. Yes, okay, go you told <laughs> no, me so no, no. Hard, so. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. Finish.
1: <laughs> I'm excited to work with Autumn Kamara, Kim, and any other Black women that we meet along the way that will assist us in growing this platform. So it's just good to have a like a group of people. To vent to to bounce ideas off of, like I said, nothing wrong with you, Gail, but we need more than y'all.
0: <laughs> so now you want to throw shade? Nothing okay. wrong with you. Okay.
1: Nothing right. wrong with you, but we need to expand this and let this be like a multi-million dollar company in two years. We manifest. Want to be a capitalist corporation, okay? Yeah, but we help people. We do philanthropy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bezos, <laughs> Um
0: So, I guess, you know, similar to what you almost said, I'm really excited to be. This is not my thing, by the way, since you already said it. I'm just, you know, Mm -hmm. echoing what you said. I'm really excited to be working with a team of people. Um, But I guess the one thing that I am very excited about, I'd have to say, I don't know why I'm speaking like this, but (laughs) (laughs) one thing I'm really excited for is for us to have a regular cadence with the episodes because I think, Snaps. you know, this season what we had said it was going to be monthly and then it was not so monthly. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a reason for that because we were reiterating trying to make this the best product that it can possibly be. And I think we have found a really good group and we're still iterating and redefining our approach in order to make this really a seamless process and just something that is so such a well-oiled machine. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm super excited for us to have a regular cadence for the episodes. So I guess I can say this, like the episodes will be bi-weekly. So that means we're going to have way more guests. We are going to have more consistent content. And I'm really looking forward to that because that will ultimately help us to grow. And so for me, I think once we really start rolling out season two, people going to see this shit ain't no joke. It's it's really not and shout out to all the people who are who have been with us since season 1 because season 2 it's no joke. Like in terms of the caliber of the guests that we have, the co- caliber of the conversations, um the partnerships that we're going to be putting forth, like it's not a joke. Shit is a joke until it's not. Period. To say another
1: You know, infamous quote. But, yeah, y'all wasn't with us shooting in the gym. Like, don't come up when we are at our come up, glow up, whatever, talking about, oh, you know, we were with y'all from the start. Shit is not a joke. Our narrative has never been a joke. Don't take it as such. Um, Yes, we're speaking very bluntly because we want y'all to know, like, this is, we want this to be a livelihood for us. We want this to be a place where, People can see themselves authentically and we're not going to, you know, compromise that. We're not going to, you know, feel as if we have to perform a certain way. No, we're not performing. This is real. So just stay tuned for season two. You're going to, your minds will be blown.
0: I think it's time for me to take some selfies. Same. Um So we can wrap this thing up and get ready For season two, y'all, because again, this was a live recording, so we were actually recording the fifth and final installment of season one. Thank you all for joining us and sticking with us.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one, everyone.
0: Bye. Bye.